You're listening to the Unstoppable Yes You podcast, Start, Run, and Grow series. I'm your host, Curlis Phillip. We've invited seasoned as well as up-and-coming entrepreneurs to share their stories, including the challenges and lessons learned on their journey to building a profitable business. This series is packed with valuable insights for aspiring entrepreneurs. In this episode, I'm speaking with serial entrepreneur, Danielle Hodge. Growing up, the Guyanese native spent her weekends swimming and lounging at the pool with family and friends. Her desire to make a little lime at the pool more fun, enjoyable, and inclusive gave birth to Alma Ocean, a unique and culturally diverse inflatable pool line. But there's so much more to this business venture than inflatable pools, so I'm going to let Danielle tell you all about it. Welcome, Danielle. Hi, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I am Guyanese uh, due to my mother, but I was born in the U.S. Um, I do take lots of trips to Guyana um, frequently, uh, but I am located in Orlando, Florida, sunny Orlando, Florida, and um, I grew up swimming and basically feel like I'm a black mermaid. <laughs> um, and I'm a serial entrepreneur. I really love business. I love marketing and I love creating experiences and I'm addicted <laughs> pretty much. What was your first business venture? Yeah. So my first business was and still is indigenous coconut oil. I launched indigenous coconut oil in 2016 at a um, coconut festival in Guyana. I took a trip, I brought some friends and I just fell in love with the coconut oil and realized how much I used it in my family and growing up. And uh, of course that, that entrepreneur spirit tapped in and I thought I can make a product out of this. So I launched indigenous coconut oil and um, started shipping it here in the States. I have my website and but currently I've held sales in the U.S. and I'm focusing more on the Guyana market. And so now I am in Guyana's airport, which is a very big thing for me. I'm in the departures and arrivals and the duty-free shop. And I'm in about 11 stores in um, Georgetown and I believe Furby's Guyana. That's awesome. Congratulations on such a big accomplishment. You also launched Alma Ocean in 2020. What inspired you to get into the inflatable pool business? Yeah, well, aside from uh, being an entrepreneur, there are times where you have to dip back into uh, what you're really good at. And what I'm really good at is marketing. And so I ended up getting a job as a tour manager and still running my business. And with a tour management, I had to travel like eight months out of the year. That all came to a halt with COVID and all I know is experiences, creating experiences around large groups of people. And with COVID putting that to a halt, I had to hit a restart button and figure out, you know, what's, what am I going to transition into? What's next? And a way of me kind of unwinding and not thinking about anything is getting near water. That's, I mean, I love it. My feet can be in the pool. I could be by the ocean, by the lake just have to be around water to clear my mind. And um, I moved back home with my mom at 36. I was like, oh no, I gotta be back home with my mom. Uh, and I got on the computer and was, you know, digging and researching for what's the next thing for me. It's probably gonna be digital. I got a little frustrated, uh, decided to take a break, decided to go for a swim, 
I went online to look for inflatables and I just was like, where are the people who look like me? <laughs> you know, like, where are we? I don't see us. I don't see um, designs that I can relate to. Um, and that really just, it clicked in my head that this is something that was missing and it was meant for me to just dive right in right away. Yeah, I and mean, when you think about inflatable pools, you think of that stale and boring blue pool or maybe a swan every now and then. But beyond that, there really isn't much. So you found an innovative and creative way to solve a problem. Um, and it was a personal problem. How did you go about validating the need for this product on a broader scale? Of course, there's the pain point of me not feeling included. I really did feel left out, like looking online and, and noticing that I didn't see enough of me. I didn't see enough of melanin. I didn't see enough um, of Black people or brown people in the water. Uh, and uh, what validated this for me was people letting me know, like, you're right, this is missing. You're right, I don't see, you know, enough of us. And that's just was me asking close friends and family. But as I got through the process of, you know, I had to safely launch my product, so trademark, do some patent pending, you know, make sure it was proper before launching. Um, once I posted that first photo, that was a validation that people were like, wow, <laughs> like, why didn't I think of this? You know, and this is beautiful. Just the feedback I got was the total validation for me. And I saw a video that you made at Target. So you did a little run where you informally showed your products to, I would say, quite a diverse group of Target customers. And the feedback was very positive. So how did that make you feel? And tell us a little bit more about that experiment. Yeah, my nephew, Jonathan Daniels, he actually designed the Rasta unicorn that we have. He's 16 years old. And him and I were hanging out and I was like, let's just do this video and see what happens. Like, let's pretend, you know, that Alma Ocean is already in Target. I wanted that feeling. I wanted to know what it was going to be like. Uh, and so we went to Target. I brought the um, packaging that my prototypes came in and I put it on the shelf and just kind of pretended it was there already and asked one of the clerks if he'd play along that worked there and just pretend like, are you guys out of stock? And he's like, yeah. And then, um, you know, just randomly ask customers what they thought of the design on the box that I had. And they, I mean, all the feedback was great. None of it was negative. And I was like, please be honest. And they're like, no, no, we've never seen this and we would buy it. So uh, that was a fun experiment. And I was just hoping like Target would see it, <laughs> um, you know. So yeah, that was just a little fun day experimenting. I think that was so funny when I looked at the video, but it resonated because I thought, well, if just the average target customer likes this thing, that there's definitely room and legs for it to grow, right? So beyond target, maybe Walmart, Costco, who knows? When you thought about your product line and you looked at what was out in the market and then, you know, you got that first prototype in hand, did you consider that? Alma Ocean products would be disruptive? Oh yeah. I knew that my product was disrupting the industry. It's almost like a loud shout. It's almost like we're here. And the patterns and designs say that. The amount of products that Alma Ocean will produce will own the water space. I knew that it was a space where we needed to belong. I feel like it'd be a disservice to just sell pool inflatables and not 
reach back to my community who factually don't really know how to swim. There's a lot of adults uh, in the black and brown community who still can't swim. And so I want to sell inflatables, but make sure my website has resources for individuals to learn about swimming lessons and get to that point where they're more comfortable in the water. That's what's going to make me disrupt the industry. Yeah, being able to offer products that make swimming fun and that incentivize people who are typically afraid of the water to consider swimming or at least just getting their feet wet until they're comfortable enough to take a class is awesome. So you took a gamble going into this space, right? And you were sort of taking it to the next level. What were some of the biggest challenges you'd say that you faced along the way in terms of getting your product to market? Yeah, I would say entrepreneurship in itself is a gamble. No matter what business it is you're doing, you're taking a gamble and you're um, yeah, you're taking a risk and you have to get over that in order to be successful. You have to get over the failure and know that, yes, there's possibilities I can fail, but I'm going to hit a reset and start over. Was there any specific challenges that you encountered? Challenges I feel like I have run into would be, at first, being hesitant to ask for help. And I think that's a huge thing with entrepreneurs. There's this pride where a lot of people say you're supposed to have tunnel vision and focus on your business. But you have to remember that you have a network some way, somehow, whether it's family, it's friends, it's coworkers, um, people you've worked with in the past. You have to be able to know when, as a solo entrepreneur, it's time to start asking people, not necessarily for help, but you know, support. And that can be in many ways. The support can be, hey, can you just follow back? Or do you know somebody in this uh, publication that might want to write up a story on what I'm doing? Um, not being scared to go on LinkedIn and send a message to someone who might be like a chief officer creator who can help you bring your vision to life and see if they want to you know, hop on board. I have learned uh, to stop being hesitant to ask and that has helped me skyrocket to my next phase because there are people who will believe in what you're doing and they'll want to help you, especially when you're a good person. <laughs> Nobody can do it alone. And that's that's key. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Sometimes we try to tackle these things um, independently. But to your point, there are people who have gone on this journey before that can share some light to help you avoid some mistakes. So kudos to you for recognizing that and saying, you know what, what's the worst that can happen if you reached out to this person on LinkedIn or on Instagram? They could say no. That's the worst that could happen, right? But what's the best thing that could happen? This person can help you maybe shape your product and, and serve as a really good resource, really, um, in terms of helping you to take your idea to the next level. You're not only bringing a new look to inflatable pools, but you also have plans for upcycling. First, tell us what upcycling means and then tell us about your plans. Yeah, so upcycling is basically taking something old and turning it into something new. Um, it's basically reusing something and making it into something else. I found while researching upcycling that there are people who 
absolutely make a wonderful uh, living uh, off taking old things and making them new. Um, and I have a couple friends who are, um, they're designers and they're into fashion. And I connected actually with a woman in Australia. Her company's called Ploys, basically pool toys, so Ploys. And she takes old pool inflatables. She has like um, drop-off centers where people can drop off their old inflatables. Cause let's be honest, when you're done with your inflatable, you leave it in the backyard, you let it get moldy and then you end up throwing it away. And then that waste goes, yeah, the waste just goes and it, you know, it goes unused. And um, when I found out that you can take old inflatable material and make backpacks and raincoats and little purses to put your makeup in and things like that, I thought, man, that would make Alma Ocean a forever product. Um, and so it's just about me tapping into finding those people who design and actually can make really cool things and then eventually selling them on my site and keeping that going, uh, getting the word out there that that's something that Almotion does. And then, you know, as I expand and grow, there should be some drop off locations where you can drop off your old inflatables. And it makes Almotion a product, not only a forever product, but um, it's, it's great because it's sustainable and you know you're not just letting that waste go back into the earth you're actually reusing it and yeah forever you can pass down you know a little makeup purse or a backpack and there's a story behind it and i think that's a cool thing and makes it unique as you come up with your designs who do you look to for inspiration so many people that inspire me. I take inspiration from so many different areas in life. All my close friends who are cheering me on, that inspires me. I follow how Jay-Z moves. I like how he does business. I like how he's quiet, but he still gets a lot done. I'm another person, Charlemagne the God. He inspires me. Why? Because he moves how he wants, says what he wants, and makes valid points. He's uplifting in the hip hop community. He may be crazy at times, but he's very encouraging at the same time. What do you find most rewarding about this business venture? What's rewarding is the conversations I've been having. And I'll, I'll bring up one for an example. I sat on a panel uh, about a month ago. It was called a CIS Expo, a bunch of uh, female entrepreneurs. I think there was like a male entrepreneur as well. And we sat on a panel and <clears throat> I spoke about Alma Ocean and my journey, where I see it going and how I want to uplift the Black community in the water space. And there were some vendors and I was talking to these two flight attendants. They were both two white females. And they were telling me in the training process uh, of their airline training, they noticed that the Black females are, most of them, well, yeah, they noticed that the Black females tend to be scared of the water during the training. And even when they have a vest on, they're terrified to get in the water. Um, and so when they heard my story, they were like, we love what you're doing because your product is gonna attract those black females, but you're also gonna have resources for them. And that's a beautiful thing. And so to me, it's like, I'm almost on a mission to make sure that I uh, get a certain amount of people to learn how to swim or feel better in the water space. That for me is fulfilling to my core. And I think that's really wonderful. When I looked at both of your business line, one thing that was consistent in terms of what I saw thematically was a sense of community. 
a sense of making an impact. And, and those are all wonderful things. We shouldn't just go into business just for revenue, right? If we can do both, right, generate revenue and live some type of lasting imprint in the communities that support us, that consume our products, then it's a win-win. Danielle, what advice would you give to an aspiring entrepreneur? My advice would be expand your network. You'll burn yourself out, again, thinking you can do things alone. I have a friend now who's literally reaching out to people and then sending them my way. Hey, I got somebody that you need to meet. They do graphic design. Oh, I've got this other girl. She writes for this magazine. Don't burn yourself out and give yourself a schedule. What do you see as your your next growth spur? It's an investor moment for me now. You know, I'm seeking investment but also trying to like utilize resources. Right now I'm crowdfunding on iFundWomen and they're basically a crowdfunding platform for women owned businesses that allow you to raise funds. The thing I love about them is they don't lock you in to say, if you don't reach your funds, I'm sorry. They actually allow you to extend your date for crowdfunding. Whereas other platforms, if you don't reach it at a certain date, they just say, we're not gonna give you the money. So I'm crowdfunding right now. I'm bootstrapping like crazy, doing everything I can to get enough funds for inventory. When you get products like these, you can't just buy like 10. You have to buy in bulk. And so I'm working on getting that bulk to start selling and getting the revenue flowing. Definitely, I would say the product, they're beautiful. They're different and they're unique. And like you said, with summer coming, why not, right? I think that it's a great opportunity to get as many people as possible aware about your product and what you do. So I'm really happy to serve as a vehicle to help you do that. How can our audience learn more about Amo Ocean and Indigenous Coconut Oil? Well, I do have websites for both, uh, indigenouscoconutoil.com. And also the handle on Instagram is at indigenouscoconutoil. If you can't spell indigenous, you can Google it. I know it's long. <laughs> and and, um, and almaocean.co instead of .com, almaocean.co. And then my handle for uh, Instagram is underscore almaocean. And I'm very active on all of the, uh, all the platforms. Um, I answer DMs. You can just send me a message and I will reply back. And yeah, I'm, I'm out here, y'all. I'm out here. <laughs> Danielle, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with all our listeners. I wish you much success with uh, your business ventures. Perlis, thank you so much for having me. To all our listeners, I hope you are able to gain actionable insights that can help you start, run, and grow your business. To receive new episodes of the Unstoppable Yes You podcast directly in your inbox, Subscribe to our mailing list by visiting our website at unstoppableyesu.com. You can also subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Red Circle, or Google Podcasts.